You're listening, you're listening to, you're listening to, to Not listening. Your Average Culture, a podcast geared towards promoting less consuming and more doing, where I discuss topics related to dating, lifestyle, creatives, and entrepreneurship. This podcast will challenge you to open up your mind, think about things differently, and ask yourself, am I doing it for the culture or doing it for myself? I'm your host, Chardonnay. Let's get to it. Um, if my life was a novel, I think the title could be, I would say, Books, Text, and Blackness. Black What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Not Your Average Culture podcast. This week's episode falls under the entrepreneurship category. And this particular guest, I am super excited to have her on because she is doing some pretty dope things. And I wanted to share her story with you all. So I won't share any more details. The interview itself explains it all. So let's jump into this episode. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. That's good. Awesome. So uh, let's start with a few icebreaker questions. Um, If you can bring back one toy from your childhood, what would it be and why? Tamagotchi. (laughs) What is that? You have to tell me about that. So Tamagotchis were these like little um, digital toys that it was basically like an animal that you took care of. And so it was like an egg and a hatch and you had to like feed it. You had to play with it. Um, and if you didn't, it would actually die. And was so, it on a keychain? Yes, it was on a keychain. Remember that? Oh my goodness! I do. I love those. Wow! Yeah, we we do need to bring that back. I can't believe I forgot about that. But yeah, that's a good one. Uh, if you could uh, relive one day of your life, what would it be, and why? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is I would definitely relive um, in 2015 when um, I was honored at the Black Girls Rock Awards. That was probably a really, like it was probably one of the most surreal nights of my life, especially like meeting Michelle Obama. That was, (laughs) that was really Oh my goodness. (laughs) And so that was, that was just like a surreal moment. I think everything happened so fast. I don't really think I got to really kind of absorb it all. So if I could just go back knowing everything that was going to happen and really just live, live it in that moment, I would probably do that. Wow, that is so dope. I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. So, okay, let's get into the meat of things. So I first was introduced to who you were after coming across um, a spotlight that was on the Apple app. And I read like your bio and what you're doing. I was like, oh, this girl seems dope. And are you still in, are you in the Bay Area? Yes. I am too. And I'm like, oh, maybe we could be virtual friends. I don't what? know. I just want to have you on my podcast. So uh, can you please share with listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Of course. So my name is Kaya Thomas. I am an iOS developer. So I develop mobile apps. I'm also a writer and a public speaker. And I work full-time at Calm, which is a relaxation and um, sleep app. And on the side, I am the creator of Reread2, which is a mobile directory of children and young adult books written by authors of color featuring main characters of color. Nice. And 
I'm actually familiar with calm too. That's how I got into meditation. Like like meditation was for me, but I tried out the app and I absolutely love it. But what made you decide to create your app? Yeah. So I created WeRead 2, the first version of it, six years ago. And I got the idea for WeRead 2 actually way before I even knew about programming because I've always been a really avid reader. Like I, I love reading, but when I was a teenager, I started to feel that the, a lot of the books that I was reading and exposed to, I couldn't relate to. And it's, it was mainly because most of the, the characters in the, the books that I was getting from my library or reading in school were white main characters. And so I started to feel kind of really invisible and in a race, like why why can't the why can't they read books with the the main characters that are black girls? And I did my research and I realized the books were out there. Um, the <laughs> books were out there, but they're they weren't being marketed. So they weren't at the top of the shelves at the bookstores. They weren't in my local library. They weren't you know these books just weren't easily accessible. And so when I was in high school, I told my friends like, oh, I wish there was like some resource or directory where I can just find all these type of books. But I didn't know how to create anything like that at the time. So I kind of just let the idea slip to the back of my mind. And then when I got to college, I ended up being exposed to computer science. And the summer after my first year of school, I was doing a mobile development internship at Time Inc. in New York. I'm from New York originally. Mm-hmm. And I was learning iOS development and I thought, wait, that resource that I had the idea for a couple of years ago, I now have some skills to, to make an app like that. And so that's the origin story for Reread 2. And when I first launched the first version, it was, it was very simple. It was just really a list. It, was, it had two options, children's and young adult. You click on either one of those options and then you get like a list, text list of the titles and whatnot. It was really, really simple. <laughs> um, But also, I think that's some of the beauty of it. I was a beginner developer. I really didn't understand like product development or, you know, the fear of launching something. Once you're like in the industry for a while, the fear of launching something gets, it gets way heavier, but I didn't really have that. You know, I had the beginner's mindset. So I'm I'm glad that I launched that first simple version. And it's over the years really grown. When I first launched the first version of the app, I had about 300 titles in the book and in the app, excuse me. And now there are over 900 nearing towards a thousand titles. Um, And there's a wide array of features available on iPhone, Android, iPad. You can favorite, you can search, you can share. There's, you know, a wide array of features that I've worked on over the years. But the main thing that's important to me with Riri2 is that parents, educators, Uh, guardians, people with youth in their life are able to easily find diverse stories to share with the kids in their life. Because I feel like it's incredibly important for kids to both be exposed to stories, literature, media, where they're well represented and they can see themselves. And also media and books where folks are different from themselves so that they can know and understand difference as something that's normal and acceptable um, and something that's not scary. And so I think 
it, it, it's on both spectrums. So we read too is a really a resource for everyone because I, I feel that all youth should be reading these type of stories. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that. Um, and something else that I think that is very interesting that you said is you was exposed to like computer science and then your internship. So I'm curious, like during your experience, like how were you exposed to that? Because not everybody has the opportunity to yep. be exposed to those type of things. So what was it like for you? Yep. So when I first started college, I didn't know I was going to do computer science. I actually was intending to study environmental engineering. So I've always been interested in STEM. Like I've always loved science and math growing up, but I didn't know anything about software engineering or the technology industry. So my kind of inkling was if you're into STEM, you need to become like an engineer, like a civil engineer, mechanical engineer or something. Um, it was by chance, honestly, after my first term of college, I was at home and I was on Facebook kind of just scrolling and I came across a TED talk by Kimberly Bryant, the founder of Black Girls Code. Mm. She gave this talk in 2013. And so it was recent at the time. Um, and I watched it and she was talking about computer science and how there's so many jobs opening up in software and how women of color and girls of color need to be in this industry. And I was like, my mind was blown because I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about that. And so honestly, it was really luck that, that I end up stumbling upon that TED Talk at the right time. And so after that, I signed up for a computer science course in, at, for my next term at school, and I loved it. I fell in love with programming. I thought it was so fun to create something and be able to interact with it and then show it to your friends and your friends can interact with it. It just, it was really fun to me um, and enjoyable. And so the the internship actually was also by chance too. A, a great family friend of mine was on a mailing list for an organization called Girl Develop It. And she had gotten a thing in the mailing list about um, a woman who was looking for interns. She had just started as a senior vice president of, of mobile development at um, Time Inc. And she was looking for interns that summer. And originally I didn't even apply. I was like, oh, there's no way I would get that internship. I only have taken, I only have taken a few CS courses. I have very little experience. Why would she ever hire me as an intern? Um, and then towards the end of my last term before summer, it was, I think it was like May at this point. I was pretty desperate. I was like, oh, I don't want to go home and like work at the mall. I want to, <laughs> I want to work. Like I want to do something. I want to do an internship or something. And so I said, okay, well, let me just apply. Like it's a moonshot. I probably won't get it, but let me just apply anyways. And I ended up getting the internship. So nice. nice. <laughs> it's so dope that you did that because I think I kind of had like a similar mindset when I was in school. Like sometimes you'll see things and you're like, man, I'm probably not going to get it. But how often do we like cut ourselves out of like opportunities that will be for us because we just like think like, oh, you know, I'm not going to get it. Um, but do you know if that internship still exists for people who may be interested in it? So I think Time Inc. Um, still is still doing development internships. The, the woman who I worked for doesn't not work there anymore. But I know that Time Inc., it was interesting. The time that I joined, they had just spun up their product and development organization. So it was a new org um, and they were just starting to hire interns in there. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that the internship probably um, still exists. But 
in terms of internships, the summer after that, I did a um, program, which I highly recommend to folks, um, Black and Latinx folks who are in college, called Code 2040. Mm. I did Code 2040 uh, in 2015, and that is a program, it's pretty much like a career accelerator for college students where you apply to them and then they help connect you to different companies who are um, partnered with them to do internships. And they're in um, San Francisco, Portland, New York. So, you know, a lot of different options. You don't have to be in any of those places. Like you don't have to live in any of those places to apply. And they provide you with like workshops and networking opportunities. And for me, that really is what helped me grow my network out here in the Bay Area and be able to really feel like I can start a career in tech. Nice, nice. Um, Something else that um, I came across when I was like researching and looking into just more about you so that I can bring you onto the show. Something else I came up across was... um, you talked about your journey with the interview that you did with Team Vogue mm-hmm. and you think that you faced like some challenges during your tech career and in building your app. So what were some of the challenges that you encountered and looking back, what would you do differently? That's a great question. I think in the beginning, especially when it came to the app, um, before even thinking about necessarily my career, when it came to the app, I... Um, I didn't really have a lot of mentors in app development. Um, and I think I was I was a little bit afraid, I think, to reach out to people online and ask for help or or you know, because I was using a lot of online resources to help me learn um iOS and I can, you know, of course share those with the audience as well. But I I didn't necessarily have like a mentor or someone I can bounce ideas off of or who can help me when I was having some of those like moments where you get stuck, you know, on stuff, which happens with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish I would have maybe reached out more and asked for help because I definitely had like a lot of ideas and things I wanted to do. I just, it was kind of overwhelming, right? You want to do all these things. You don't know necessarily where to start or where to stop and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I wish I would have asked, reached out for help more. When it comes to my career, um, I think one of the things that um, was and is difficult, like as a Black woman um, in tech and being an engineer is like a lot of times like there's none or very few of us. (laughs) And so I think sometimes I didn't necessarily, I felt like I, I couldn't necessarily be my full self. Mm-hmm. in all the environments that I was. And I don't know necessarily if there's anything I could have changed about that. Um, but maybe just in knowing, like, I wasn't alone in that. Because I think, you know, those type of moments can feel, like, really isolating, mm-hmm. you know. But knowing that, um, knowing that, you know, there are are women out there who are, who are going through the same things. Nice. And I think you also said you took to Twitter with like, yeah, like have like what exactly did you do on Twitter? Like, were you reaching out to people or? Yeah, I mean, Twitter, honestly, for me, I, I love Twitter. I mean, I know Twitter can be, you know, a trash pile sometimes. <laughs> um, but for me, it's been a great resource. And I've really met a lot of people through Twitter. So I, 
Um, I reached out to folks, especially when I was coming out to the Bay Area, like I didn't really know many folks. And so other Black people and Black women who I saw who were in the Bay Area who were talking about tech, I would reach out to them, right, and connect with them on Twitter and end up, those end up being in real life connections, mm-hmm. um, many of which I still have to this day. And so Twitter was really a really valuable resource for me. Um, even, it's funny, after after Black Girls Rock happened, I remember I tweeted about it and then Tracy Clayton um, DM'd me. And was like, would you like like to come on another round? And this is when another round was really early. So this, I was on episode nine of another round. Um, and that was a really great experience. And that happened through Twitter. And so I've, I've gotten a lot of opportunities through Twitter. So I've, I find it to be a really great resource. And something that I did, especially um, a little bit more early on, is a lot of um, organizations and communities will host like Twitter chats about stuff. So one of my favorite Twitter Twitter chats was Code Newbie. Mm. And um, Code Newbie um, is an organization that was run by a Black woman named Saran. And she's just so dope. Um, and she created this community for folks who are new to programming, who are new to the tech industry. And so they would have these chats where, you know, other folks who are new or even folks who weren't new would just come and have conversations, you know, over a hashtag and you meet people that way. And so I would say, you know, Twitter can be a really great resource for folks to really engage in conversation about topics or an industry that they're interested in and end up, you know, meeting folks through that. Wow. And I, that's dope that you, that you even mentioned that because I had two other people on my podcast that mentioned Twitter as well. And it was shocking, but also refreshing because I feel like a lot of people now they take to either Instagram or TikTok and trying to find ways to connect. Mm. But I think like even you just mentioned it, it just like reassures that like Twitter has that element of like really being able to connect with people because it's still undervalued, you know? Exactly. I think, you know, yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, use Instagram as a way to connect too. um, But I just find Twitter, I'm, being being a writer as well like being able to use like the written word and have conversations and stuff I really prefer that um so I definitely think it could be still a really valuable resource as well nice now um one last question I have for you before we go into the culture challenge round is from personal experience of working in this field in the text industry what are common myths you encounter about this industry anything (laughs) Um, you would like to share or touch on? Yeah, I think one of the biggest myths for software engineers, especially, is that software engineers are antisocial, that they're like just super nerdy. They don't like talking to people. You know, they're going to be, you know, hiding in the basement on their computer. (laughs) That is just not true. Um, Of course, you have people like that, but that is not all-encompassing of of majority of engineers. I think, you know, engineering by nature is actually can be very collaborative. And there is, especially when you're working for a company, there's a lot of communication and collaboration you have to do with other people. Um, And you have to be good at communicating your ideas. And even if you're not um, necessarily working with like a large team, you have to know how to synthesize your ideas. A lot of 
the job is problem solving, thinking, um, and, and by nature, of course, that means communicating those thoughts as well. And so I think there's a huge misconception that, you know, engineers are just like these antisocial people and whatnot. That's just not true. Um, and I think a very well-rounded engineer is going to value proper communication and, and value being able to articulate those ideas well. Nice, nice, nice. So I am going to move on to the culture challenge. The culture challenge round is geared towards um, ending the podcast on a light note and we're introducing a question geared toward promoting a fun call to action and takeaway for listeners. So are you ready? Sure, let's do it. (laughs) What is one thing that you have observed that has been become a common trend amongst people that you would like to challenge people to do or think about differently for one week? (sighs) (laughs) I think a common trend that comes to mind most recently, um, I've noticed that there are a lot of um, non-Black people who are being very performative on social media when it comes to activism um, and Black Lives Matter. And honestly, like I wish for a week instead of posting and like trying to be really performative to show how much they're in support, I just wish they would like cash checks to organizations and and volunteer (laughs) and actually do the work (laughs) to be real. that that's true like it's so many people that just want to post and share like i'm i'm for the cause i'm for the movement it's like okay you don't have to be loud just yeah (laughs) so yeah i I love that and i absolutely agree as well um my next question for you is what general advice or resources can you share with us that can be useful for someone interested in creating an app i know you mentioned tons of things earlier but are there any other books, websites, or programs that will be useful for listeners? A hundred percent. So um, if someone is interested in creating an iOS app specifically, I suggest they go to Hacking with Swift. Um, it's a website full of free resources on understanding the Swift programming language, which is what is you can be used to write iOS apps, also how to write iOS apps. Paul Hudson does a really great job of putting a lot of work in for free resources for the community. He also is really intentional about mentoring underrepresented folks. And so if you have questions or whatever, you can reach out to him um, on Twitter. He's at Two Straws. Um, Another resource, if you're interested in iOS apps, Android apps, and games, like more general, I always suggest going to Ray Wenderlich. Dot com and that's a great resource for free tutorials on how to understand how to make different types of iOS apps, Android apps, games. So that's a really good one as well. Um, and then uh, Code with Chris is another great one for iOS apps. He has videos and uh, a website as well with free tutorials and resources for for iOS apps. So those would be the top three ones I would recommend. Nice, nice, nice. And the last question is, if your life was a novel, what would the title be? Oh my goodness, that's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is so hard. Okay, Um, 
If my life was a novel, I think the title could be. Oh, I'm trying to think. This is so hard. Okay, maybe the title could be. I mean, or we can just go with it's so hard. I mean, you said. (laughs) Wait, wait, I I got it. I got it. I don't know if this is a cool title, but I would say books, tech, and blackness. Mm, I like that. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, what can we be on the lookout from you next? How can people stay connected with you? Definitely. So on the lookout for me next, right now, I'm actually um, an iOS developer on a project on the side called Earth App. And it's a project run by Kimberly Seals Aller, who is a journalist and maternal health advocate. And that app should be coming out in the next couple of months. And it's going to be an app that allows women of color to share reviews on their birthing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in looking at how the black maternal health crisis is going on in the U.S. right now. It's something that's really, really needed. So I'm excited to be working on that project. So definitely be on the lookout and check out um, Birth Without Bias um, and check out Earth App on all social media. And then where you can find me is I'm always usually on Twitter. So <laughs> you can follow me at kthomas901. Um, and my website is kaya.dev, D-E-V. Um, so you can check me out there and contact me as well. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you so much. So there you have it, everyone. This concludes this week's episode. I think the main reason why I was so intrigued by this guest is because something that stood out to me in her story is that she saw something that was missing and that was a need, which was a directory of African-American authors. And instead of her waiting around for somebody to make it, she decided to build it herself. And for me personally, I thought that that story resonated so well with me because oftentimes I'm just like, man, I wish that I had this or I wish I had that. And sometimes it's just up to you to just bring into the world the things that you wish that you had and how that's also transferring in other areas of my life is I wish when I first started my podcasting journey that there were more people that were sharing tools resources and information about what actually goes into podcasting so something that I've been personally doing is one I started this podcast so that way I can share resources and all the stories of the incredible people that I am crossing paths with. And then most recently this year, I have embarked on the journey of YouTube. And I've been doing a little bit of documenting of my own and sharing tips, tricks, and behind the scenes of what goes into podcasting. So hopefully her journey encourages you to bring whatever you wish you had into the world and to seek out others for help and resources in whatever it is you're trying to bring to life. So if you're interested in any of the topics or the things that we mentioned in this episode or checking out my YouTube channel, all the links and details will be included in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, peace, love, and everything in between. I'm out.